Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our daily reading and a meditation on the gospel. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, April 10th, 2023. It is Easter Monday, Monday in the octave of Easter. We're going to be talking a great deal this week about our Lord's resurrection. Today's reading is from the gospel according to Matthew. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and ran to announce the news to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had happened. The chief priests assembled with the elders and took counsel. Then they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, You are to say his disciples came by night and stole him while we were asleep. And if this gets to the ears of the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. The soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has circulated among the Jews to the present day. So see, they've been doing that for thousands of years, having a narrative, sometimes paying people off to have a narrative, even if it means getting in the way of the salvation of thousands and millions of people. But anyway, I didn't want to focus on that today. I wanted to focus on the resurrection. This reading is a continuation of the one that we heard. I believe it was for the Easter Vigil. Matthew's Gospel, very general reading in the resurrection account about Mary Magdalene and the other Mary seeing the Lord and the angel that rolls away the stone and then sits on it and then tells them, Uh, that Jesus is risen, and then they see Jesus on the way. They get the disciples, and Jesus greets them and says, tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me, and do not be afraid. And they're so excited to see him. They embraced his feet, and they did him homage. Whatever they were feeling about him before the passion began, now it's exponential, because Jesus is risen from the dead. Matthew's gospel, as I was said, as I said, it was more of a general account. Uh, in the other gospels, we're going to get a little bit more specific in terms of how Jesus interacts with some of the disciples after his resurrection. There's a lot of uh, theology to talk about here, but there's also a lot of emotion. There's a lot of things. I mean, this is the central piece to the puzzle. This is the central component of our faith. The central mystery of our religion, and it's good that we analyze it from all sides. Are we truly celebrating these few days here? Have we truly celebrated Lent, and are we now celebrating Easter, and what does that mean? There should be an excitement here, and the excitement has a lot to do with freedom. See, these people were not free. They were living in fear. They were captive to their sorrows each disciple having their own particular motives, their own particular situation. But now that Jesus is risen, they are released. He already came and gave them so much interior freedom. His forgiveness, his love, building them up in so many ways. But now it's so much more. 
because of his resurrection. All that he did before, not only did it validate them then, but now it's the ultimate validation. We know this man is God. We know that the God-man can do anything, and that he died by his own power, and now he's risen by his own power. I had mentioned on Easter Sunday the 12 steps and how very often people don't heal until they accept a higher power. They admit there is a higher power. They place their lives in the hands of the higher power. And then from there, there's a lot of work with regard to claiming everything for the higher power, meaning we need forgiveness. We need to forgive others. We need to recognize those things that we have done wrong, but also recognizing those that have wronged us and changing our attitudes as we go because we're having the right attitudes, the right orientation towards God and towards others. We recognize in 12-step recovery, and I just I love to talk about it because it applies to everything. You don't have to be an alcoholic to do the 12 steps. We all need them. We're all sinners. We all have bad habits and addictions. We're all using the things of this world to satisfy the longing of our hearts that only God can truly satisfy. Jesus didn't just save us to get us to heaven. We're not just here to white knuckle it until we get there. Jesus didn't just come and give us a bunch of rules and say, you know, as long as you hold on to this as best you can, you're going to get to heaven. Jesus came to give us peace and love and joy in this life. And a big part of that is freeing us from our bondage to so many things. All the different things here on earth that we use to give us happiness, that we use to fill us. So it's good that we talk about this. What are the things we are attached to versus what is the reason I have that longing in my heart? The disciples, see, they spent three years with Jesus. The apostles and Mary Magdalene, some of the other women, Never mind the Blessed Mother just spent 33 years with Jesus. But see, they became addicted to the one thing that you're allowed to be addicted to. (laughs) Because this is what our hearts were made for. They spent three years with the Lord. And so they knew from day to day, he was satisfying the longing of their hearts. The love that he gave them, the truth that he gave them. The beauty that came from him, his person, and the work that he did, and the words that he said. And we could go on and on listing all the things that he gave them, that he gives us, that he has given us in our creation, and especially in our redemption, wants to give us so many more things. And yes, heaven is the ultimate fulfillment of all these things. But Jesus is the one who satisfies the heart, and therefore... Are we excited that he's risen? Are we excited when he provides for us? Are we excited to know that we can have a relationship with him and that relationship grows? If we're spending time in prayer, we see it growing more and more each day. If we're striving to be one with him and and live his teachings, there's a oneness there that grows. These disciples were so excited. And so... I don't know. It's just, it's, we, we each have to question ourselves. Why do you need a savior? Why do I need a savior? See for years and years and years, and, and a lot of others will tell you the same thing. 
you know, people have come to me for counseling and mentoring and things like that. And I think when we just get started, and I talk to different people about this, especially people of faith, they're quick, and I, I was this way too, you know, quick to correct people when they're doing things wrong, quick to beat ourselves up when we're doing things wrong, and quick to say, well, you just need to chastise yourself a little more. You need stronger willpower. You need to shame yourself a little bit more. Maybe that's because that's what was done to us. Uh, in other words, it's all negative means to get rid of negative things. Um, you're still committing this sin. You still have this bad habit. Therefore, you need to fast more. Now, it's true. Yes, we, you know, there is, for people that are healthy, grace builds on nature, remember? So we have our nature, which very often needs to heal. And then there's the grace that builds on top of that. So yes, if a person is fully healthy and they're trying to overcome a sin or a bad habit, yeah, some fasting especially if it's fasting from that particular thing that might lead us in that direction. This is why we give up things during Lent. You know, a little sacrifice here and there can help us grow in virtue and become even more uh, people of God, virtuous, etc. We, we, we turn away from sin more and more. But very often, people are addicted to this, this, and that because they are wounded, because there are holes in their hearts and they're looking to this addiction, that addiction, to fill those holes, to fill those wounds and to give people negative advice, to, to say to people, well, you just need to beat yourself up a little bit more in this or that area. That's not going to fill the heart. That's not going to solve the problem. Rather, what's necessary is to recognize there is a desire here. Yes, desires go bad. We, we very often turn to sinful desires. But there is still a legitimate desire there placed in our heart by God. And we have to ask the question, what is going to satisfy the desire? So, in other words, one of the th main things I'm saying here is that if we really want to help people and if we really want to grow ourselves, it's not enough to just remove the bad. We have to replace it with the good. They say this in deliverance ministry. It's not enough. And, and you know, these are the kind of prayers we should be saying all the time, every day. It's not enough to just say, Lord, deliver me from evil. We should be saying that all the time, by the way. We say it in the Our Father. But, yeah, constantly asking for deliverance from evil spirits, especially if we can pinpoint the evil, like pride, like lust, like somebody we fail to forgive. Maybe there's excessive anger. But it's not enough to just ask that the evil be removed. We have to replace it with something. Exorcists will say this all the time. We have to then invoke the Holy Spirit to fill those empty spots. Otherwise, the devil comes back sevenfold. Otherwise, it gets worse. So we ask to deliver from the evil, then we ask to fill it with something good. In the case of the supernatural battle, the spiritual battle, we ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But yes, when it comes to the longing of, of our hearts and all the sins that we commit, yes, we try to push out the bad, but very often it doesn't last. And to say it in a positive way, very often we see great healing when we know what the genuine desire is, what to fill it with. For example, I don't know, I could, there's so many examples, the lonely person that eats too much. Let's just look at that. I just described so many people people I know, maybe myself a little here and there. 
The lonely person that eats too much. Okay, how do we solve that? Do we just verbally abuse the person eating too much so that they won't do that anymore? Do we say, well, you just need to fast? Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to do the whole time. That's the, Yeah, that's the problem. It's not working. Well, okay, is it because they're lonely? And I'm being very simplistic in talking about this. Usually we have to take some time, go a little deeper, maybe even get a little counseling. But if we can identify, oh, I binge when I'm lonely. Okay, then. What do we need to do to satisfy the genuine desire that we have for companionship? Whether we're talking about romantic love, whether we're talking about friendship, whether we're talking about family, whether we're talking about the loneliness that comes because we don't pray. How do we fill that hole? And then when we figure out how to fill it, maybe that person shouldn't live alone. Maybe they need a roommate. Who knows? You know, there's so many things, so many solutions. But when we figure out how to fill the hole, then what happens? The person's not hungry anymore. Oh, yeah, they're hungry at mealtimes. But they're not going to sit and binge to satisfy their loneliness. Once again, it's, it's just an example, and it's very simplistic. Sometimes these things are a lot more complicated. We need to take time, work through them, do some journaling. But we replace the bad with the good. Jesus has risen. He's come back in greater power and glory than he had even in the first place. He's come to be the answer to our questions and our problems. He's come to fill us and satisfy us. The Eucharist is all about this. The forgiveness of sins is all about this. Scripture and good spiritual reading is all about this, filling our minds with good things that are satisfying but also just the good things of this world used in moderation. You know, um, somebody that's watching too much TV, especially during Lent, comes to find, man, it's so satisfying to read a book. I might struggle to read a book at nighttime in the couch where I normally watch TV because either I'm addicted to the TV set or I'm going to fall asleep as soon as I start reading. But if reading is going to satisfy me in some way, maybe I go to a restaurant or a coffee shop and sit there and read or a park bench or a different chair sit at the dining room table and try to read that book try to get through a chapter i don't know and then see how that fills the heart we we have all these different parts of our hearts and our minds that need to be stimulated that need growth so this is the message you know we fill the good we fill the emptiness with good things and then the bad doesn't hurt us as much So with Jesus coming back from the dead, are we excited about that? Are we so excited to be filled once again with his presence? You know, we've seen everything that he's gone through. Now he's risen. What does this mean for us? It means our hearts can be satisfied. It means, you know, I mean, and for each one of us, as we look at the excitement of these disciples, do we have that level of excitement? Do Am I saying, Jesus, I want you to fill me. I, I want you in my life. I, I need your presence. I need your love. It's not always direct. I mean, yeah, prayer is the best thing in the world. To, to directly fill ourselves with the Lord and his grace, yes, that's the best thing we can do. But there's also so much good God gives us in our lives. He wants to give his children good gifts. So he wants to give us better relationships as we go. He wants to give us, I don't know, just fulfillment of of our own natural desires, the way he made us. Maybe it's a desire for a certain hobby, a certain activity. 
I and the Lord just he he loves us. He wants to bless everything. So I've heard people talk about their pets. You know, sometimes people get excessive with that, but sometimes yeah, that's that's a way they receive some love and sometimes you know, I, I remember a friend talking about his dog dying when he was a kid and then being in a lot of pain because of it. And, you know, some people might just laugh that off, say, oh, you know, you just need to grow up. Well, no, he had a wound in his heart because his dog died and the Lord was revealing to him in prayer, you know, there's a piece there that I want to heal in you because, you know, I made that dog. I made the animals, the creatures of the earth, and I made them to uh, assist my children, you know, assist might be the wrong word, but to, you know, he made everything for a purpose. He made the creatures of the world for a purpose. Uh, he made the other people in our lives for a purpose, us for them and them for us, depending on uh, who it is. And of course, you know, with every friendship, it has to be tested. So are we getting excited about God? Is God filling our hearts? And also the good things in our lives, are they wrapped up in God? Does God have a purpose for these things, these persons, these relationships? And are they truly dedicated to God? Are they, When we think about our friendships, is it something that leads us closer to God? When we think about our activities, is it something that betters us as a person the way God would want, as opposed to something that takes us down a dark path? So, as we celebrate Easter, and I, and I think too of the liturgies, you know, the liturgies of the Triduum, the liturgy of Easter Sunday. If anybody went to the Easter vigil this morning uh, for Easter, I went to, well, I'm recording late at night on Easter Sunday here, getting ready for Monday, but I went to the Latin mass on Easter. I went to a beautiful Easter vigil that was Novus Ordo in English, and that was beautiful. That was great. And then I went to a Latin mass Easter Sunday morning, completely different experience, but both of them so beautiful, so prayerful. And there's an excitement there. There's an excitement in encountering the beauty of the liturgy, the way the church was decorated, the beautiful music, the incense, the good sermons that I heard. There's so much there. It's part of the experience of getting excited. Because the more we get excited over the Lord and the things of God, then the more the heart is receiving him the more we're able to benefit from that grace, the more we are, uh, you know, falling in love with Jesus. And then therefore he's the, the, the more we're reaching out to him, the more we're opening up to him, the more he's able to fill us. Cause he doesn't force himself on us. He waits for us to ask. He waits for us to welcome. So we ask the Lord, as we celebrate Easter Monday, give us that excitement of the disciples, make us long to see you and to kiss your feet, you know, because you're God and you've risen from the dead and you've given us our dignity and we've lost it again and again and again and you keep restoring it. Help us to understand, dear Lord, the great Savior that we have. Build up our excitement and help us to fill our hearts with, with you, Lord, and with the good things that you have given us, especially those things that you've destined individually for each one of us so that sin will no longer have a place in us. And we can be filled more and more and more, dear Lord, with the things you've given us, the things you want for us. So uh, anyway, I hope everybody has a great Easter Monday. Hope everybody uh, just continues to have a great celebration of this season, this liturgical season, this, uh, you know, season in the world, springtime, every some, you know, the flowers are all coming up, the air is getting warmer 
for me, a little downside, a lot of bugs, but other than that, it's a very exciting time of the year. And uh, we ask the Lord just to uh, give us greater grace and um, optimism that he loves us and he want, He has so many good things in store for us. And the more we grow in union with him, the more we see these things, the more our gratitude increases, the more our joy increases. I hope everybody has a great day. God bless.